your faith is. Look close and read, and you will find God. Unpack the faith in the fiction. Take up this lens with conviction. Look close and read, and you will find God. Welcome everyone to the very first meeting of our podcast book club. I'm Sean. I'm Myra. <laughs> And I, I hope you got a chance to listen to our introductory episode, introducing this book that we're reading, and the author, and and how and why you should read it during Lent. So check that out if you haven't already. But I wanted to actually begin by mentioning something I, I forgot to mention in that episode. We had talked about how you could incorporate books into your life, into your busy life. And Myra gave some great examples. We talked about mm -hmm. um, audio books and making goals for yourself. Um, I would also like to uh, to recommend another podcast. It's called Life Kit by NPR. And their episode on December 23rd, 2020, and December 2nd, 2019, I think they, they repeated the 2019 episode, but that one was called How to Read More Books. So if you're interested in kind of incorporating more books into your busy life, check that episode out. But I'm glad you're tuning in and joining us today. Our very first meeting. So this meeting is going to cover chapters one through the end of chapter seven in the book The Giver. So I hope everyone is having a great Lent, a blessed Lent so far. Um, oh, and happy and holy Lent to everybody. Happy and holy Lent. I know it's it's been it's a it's a different one. Like like most of our liturgical se seasons have been have been different, but but very blessed. Indeed. Mm -hmm. So to begin, um, to begin this meeting, as we're going to begin every other meeting, um, Myra and I, we are going to each give a twenty-second synopsis. Okay, mine might be less than twenty. Okay, good. Then I could have some of your time then, and uh, but I'll, I'll I'll time us. I'll time us. So we we're going to give a twenty-second synopsis of all the. The plot that happened in the chapters that we're covering, and again, this is chapters one through seven. All right, do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first, Myra? Um, I'll go first, so you know how much time of my time you can have. <laughs> <laughs> sure. All you know, right. you give Sean a minute; I'm... he will take every second of it, and then some if you and let more him. and more and, uh, and like beg for beg for a every few time. More All right, ready, ready, go. Boy goes into town, shares his feelings with his family. Mother and father try to calm him down. We get to know the community a little bit more. Then we go into volunteering at the release house where he begins to understand um, his role in society. They, at the dinner table, they share their dreams. And the first thing they come upon, it's the first time he comes upon his stirrings. Then we go into the ceremony of day one where we go through ages one through 11. Ceremony day two, and everybody but Jonas gets an assignment. Bam. Thirty six point seven three. Damn it. Thirty six point seven three miles. You know what? Um, you. I bet you can't do it under twenty. Okay. Do it under okay, twenty okay. shots. Get, a, get your Go. phone out. Get your timer. You're Go. ready. I will. Time I will. Let's do this ready challenge. Okay. Accepted. If Sean beats me, I don't know what this world has come to. On okay. your mark. Okay. Get All set. Right. <laughs> Go. Boy, Jonas, 11 years old, lives in a world with no animals, a lot of rules, uh, a lot of bikes. Gotta follow the rules or you'll be released from the community. Lives with mom, dad, little sister Lily. Baby Gabe comes to visit. Spouse, children, jobs are chosen by the elders. Best friend Asher, weird thing happens with Apple. Volunteers to bathe old people. Has a dream about a girl. Gets stirrings. Takes pill. At 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 ceremony of twelve, uh, not called. Done. Thirty-two point eight two seconds. No. 
one point you might have been rapping. I think we have a new career for you. I just, I'm just saying, if your current day job doesn't work, oh my God. you could start rapping. No. And everybody who, who personally knows Sean, you're probably like rolling on the floor right now. Because that was excellent. I loved it. But, but honestly, let's go through these chapters. Let's talk about okay. what happens. Because this, again, The Giver, such a great book, such an... Um, easy read and easy to get into the the action just gets right there and the author does a beautiful job just building this community i mean i think we can start there and just talking about the world really that liked, yeah. jonas lives in so this again the protagonist's name is jonas mm-hmm. um not like jonah like jonah and the whale but jonas and um like the he lives in yeah, yes, like the brother. Wow, the brother. Sean, how you really know that, and I don't. I, that was like the extent of my pop culture <laughs> knowledge, right there, brothers. Oh, Sean, oh, Sean. Um, but so Jonas, a uh, young boy, age eleven, is about to have this coming of age moment in this community, and his community we will come to learn is very unique and that uh, you can tell there are certain rules for the community. Mm -hmm, For instance, one of the early rules that you'll get, um, you'll understand early on is this preciseness of language. Sean, you want to talk about that? I love that. You know, actually (laughs) in, you know, as, as the story goes on, it kind of gets a bit darker, but you know, in the beginning when, when when they're talking about um, communication and word choice, I'm like, yes, I want to live in that world, where um, where particularly when you, you're in your interactions with teachers, even your interactions with your parents, your language is is dissected, and your language is uh, is it's given importance because you mean what you say. Right, and say what you mean, and and that's kind of lacking, I think, in in our and you know I do it all the time. I I, I use hyperbole. I say I say things that I you know I don't really mean, uh, but but in this world, it's very everything is very deliberate, and I like that. <laughs> I like that everything's deliberate. Everything is um, precise. Everything is intentional i like the intentionality that so even before you speak even before you communicate to make sure that your communication is as effective as possible you kind of ponder in your head for the right words and and sometimes it's 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 difficult particularly when you're when you're trying to express your feelings and for um, and for jonas's uh, best friend Asher, he you know, he 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 gets into trouble quite often when he uh, he can't find the right the correct word to say. Yeah, like smack, and like a smack instead now. of snack. I I love that little story. But can we immediately just jump into uh, how the precision of language plays mm. in our faith? I mean, can't you just imagine? I mean, talk, I mean, yes. ah, I'm bursting at the seams just thinking about it because when you think, when I think about the precision of language, I think about the, the last uh, time that our church decided to uh, reevaluate the text of the mass um, mm-hmm. and especially going from um, and changing in some of the translations. Oh, for the, for the, the, for the, the, new, tra- the, new the new translation of the Roman Missal. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. To more right. accurately reflect um, the original Latin. Right, and how more uh, how more beautiful the mass became because of it. I think um, so. And, I agree. Yes. And thinking about that, I mean, Lord, um, I oh wow, I can't even come up with it right now. Lord, I am not worthy that you should uh, enter under my it's roof. Under my roof. Yes. Under my drawing, roof like and literally you... from the words from Scripture. Yes. Uh, so. You know, th- just that beauty of precision of language yes. in this community and knowing that even our faith depends on that precision of language because there are reasons why we now say roof uh, and we don't say receive you. You know, 
we say and with your spirit versus and also with you if you like yes. if anybody remembers wow it's been so long ago i know um, the old responses do they come back up you know? well sometimes if i'm like saying like the the gloria or something like that it'll but you know the the the, the gloria is beautiful um you know we adore you we bless you we glorify you um how we how the priest uses the word um chalice instead of cup calyx right and language you know and and archbishop venerable is he venerable venerable blessed venerable archbishop fulton sheen um you know he he would say it's it's that appreciation of language that it's human that in, in part which kind of distinguishes us from from animals that we have poetry we could write beautiful plays and and books and language isn't just something to be thrown away or to be disregarded or to be treated so lightly you know words words that have meaning not just you know to us as catholics in a kind of liturgical sense but words that should have meaning to us as human beings words like mm. love right words like life words like uh compassion things like that you know com com even if you're breaking down compassion to 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 suffer with someone these these things i think um aren't uh aren't valued words words and their meanings aren't you know i f i find aren't aren't valued as much now um but in this world in this kind of fictional world that jonas and asher live in they are now why why do you think and it's you know it's it's a different world than uh, the world that we live in but it's 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 not a full on fantasy lord of the rings kind of you know land of the elves type thing that it, it there's still things that we know and can relate to but it's different so what what kind of caused that that those differences do you think cuz you know it hasn't been revealed to us yet and i don't i don't know if it will be revealed but uh what what do you think myra i do know i i this again this is a book that i'm revisiting because i've read this a long time ago and i'm actually the one who forced us to read it because i just <laughs> loved it so much um but i do know myra did myra was a big supporter and champion for the giver uh, you know oh yes i i am and um you know i'm really surprised i didn't know she had sequels to it but anyways um i do know why the uh, they have a name for it, and that oh. name isn't going to be revealed to us until later okay. chapters. But okay, why okay. this community is the way it is, and it has to do with what was, and so we'll get mm. into that. I think right now, if if I were to compare it to the Matrix, I mean, we're just exploring the Matrix. Okay. Um, and so, but going going along with that, going speaking of language. Every and and like many other things in this in this world in this community, it's very utilitarian. There's nothing wasted. There's nothing kind of thrown away or frivolous. Everything has a use to it. So it's interesting that they don't, you know, they they have things, you know, that they call bikes. They have bikes, but families are referred to as family units, and even bedrooms they're referred to as sleeping quarters or something like that, right? And stuffed animals are, um, what was it? It's a comfort object, right? Comfort object. These things, in, in the language itself, it's almost devoid of imagination and art and creativity. It's, it's utilitarian. It serves, mm -hmm. it serves a purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you can tell, that what the author is setting up is really a utopian, um, dis utopian dystopian type of. That world. was my next question to you: Is it a <laughs> utopian or dystopian? Because they've these people, it seems like, intentionally created it. It's not necessarily a you know a pure reactionary thing. That there was some intentionality to forming this, particularly with all the rules that they have. I think what you'll interestingly find out is that Jonas, our mm -hmm. protagonist, feels one way. 
Like he will choose one word and then he'll switch to the other word. Okay. And I won't reveal which way to which, but um, that you'll you'll grow with the character and and almost we are stepping in the eyes of the protagonist with the world being revealed to us and um, the more history of that community. And so I'm really excited for those chapters. But um, yeah, it, the way the author is setting it up is kind of beautiful because she, she uses different events in order to tell you what this world is like. For instance, at the end of one, you, at the chapter of one, you're talking about they're, they're sharing feelings. And so this is an evening ritual where they go, where they share feelings. And in one sense, it's a way for people to, you know, let things out and you have to be completely honest. But in another sense, you kind of, you kind of get the idea that it's also for regulatory purposes, that somebody is making sure that you're on the track, that anybody who might be going off the track, that they'll, that they'll snatch. And if, if they don't, you know, conform to this community, then you're going to get booted out. And so that's kind of the feeling you start to get as you begin to read. Let's get into that. Let's get into that. Um, you, I like how you, how you just, you know, you described it as a ritual. And, you know, Catholics, we love rituals in, in yes, our liturgy. Yes. We'll get to that. So, but let's, let's kind of focus on a particular passage. So in each of these meetings, we'll read a little, a little passage from the book itself to kind of do a little deeper dive on it. So for this one, we are going to read the passage where as Myra described in this evening ritual this family unit is sitting around I imagine the kind of kitchen table eating dinner and towards the end of that every family member takes a turn to share their feelings from that previous day and this is what happens at Jonas's turn oh yeah so do you mind giving the page number for my benefit and for the audience or the listeners' so, benefit? So this is uh, towards the end of chapter one on my on my Kindle. It's page six, beginning with the paragraph, The Ritual Continued. See the show notes for the page number on your various book editions or on your Kindle. The Ritual Continued. Jonas, father asked, your last tonight. Jonas sighed. This evening, he almost would have preferred to keep his feelings hidden, but it was, of course, against the rules. I'm feeling apprehensive, he confessed, glad that the appropriate descriptive word had finally come to him. Why is that, son? His father looked concerned. I know there's really nothing to worry about, Jonas explained, and that every adult has been through it. I know you have, father, and you too, mother. But it's the ceremony that I'm apprehensive about. It's almost December. Lily looked up, her eyes wide. The ceremony of twelve, she whispered in an awed voice. Even the smallest children, Lily's age and younger, knew that it lay in the future for each of them. I'm glad you told us of your feelings, father said. Lily, mother said, beckoning to the little girl, go on now and get into your night clothes. Father and I are going to stay here and talk to Jonas for a while. Lily sighed, but obediently she got down from her chair. Privately, she asked. Mother nodded. Yes, she said. This talk will be a private one with Jonas. All right. Dun, dun, dun. In that little scenario, we see a little bit first of the ritual itself. You, there's the sharing, and then there's a reply. There's a you know a thank you for thank you for sharing, and and normally, as you'll see, um, each each family member will kind of react and kind of help help talk you through this now as a kind of practical thing Mara you're 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 talking at first that it 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 might be a good thing 
So do you think do you think this particular ritual would be a good thing for kind of families to adopt? You know, I honestly think families do this already. And mm. you know, the ritual of we have various rituals as as you probably know. It in a non-COVID year, imagine what a Christmas dinner ritual would be like if oh, you were visiting sure. your family. Yes. Every it has to be the dance of of first how is everybody? Then it's the dance of where are you going in your life? <laughs> and then it's the dance of and who are you dating? And so oh. I think it, right now and at the end, family rituals look like, you know, um, how was your day? Um, are, is there any, are there any issues we can help you solve? And uh, what are we doing tonight? The sadness of kind of modern day, I think, is that we're starting to lose some of those types of simple rituals, mm -hmm. right? If I were to talk about the modern the modern family, that more and more screens are being involved. Yeah, so the part of the ritual now is you're unmuted or, you know, yes. um, your, 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 your cameras, your, your light's not on. I can't see you. <laughs> right? Or it's even, hey, can you turn the TV down? Or could you turn the TV up? You know, um. and so we're, we're starting to lose some of that joy so is it a completely bad thing to have that this talent community has this sort of ritual <laughs> well it's well yes not that maybe it's because it's it's imposed it would be against the rules i imagine not to have the ritual or to lie or to you mm -hmm. know like 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 he was saying he has to tell his true and honest feelings but it could potentially, like, if it, if done in the context of people who love and care about you, like you were saying, it could. If you see someone who's, because you know, mental health is a is a really big thing. Oh yeah. You know, right now, and for for many people, you know, definitely for me in this pandemic, you know, about anxiety and about not being able to see my loved ones. So uh, a kind of check in, a regular check in. I think would be good for for families to adopt, and um and I like I like there's and you know when when people uh, when for example when Asher is late to class, there's there's a kind of uh, a ritualistic exchange a dialogue that happens yes. where where you know he says I'm sorry, uh, and then the the class says I for we forgive you. No, um, they say I accept. Your I accept apology. your apology. Yes, that's right. right. Um, and to some extent, there's you know by kind of mindless repetition, it's not uh, you're kind of going through the motions, which Catholics sometimes are accused of. You mm -hmm. know, you've heard of the the Catholic liturgical what was it macarena or you know <laughs> aerobics where we kind of we sit we stand we kneel. We, you know, oh, and that's and Good we, Friday. Oh, oh man. Right? Oh no, that uh, Good Friday, the Good Friday liturgy. That's Catholic. Yeah, that's definitely Catholic that's aerobics. Catholic during that's during, right there, during the, the prayer. Kneel. Yes. Kneel. Yes. Stand. Let us kneel. Let, Let us stand. Us kneel. Like, yeah. Got to stretch out before that time. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I love it too that. Um, that there's an incarnational element to um to our to our rituals in 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 the liturgy but also to you know to the 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 kind of ritualistic actions in the story for us you know it 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 all comes down to god created us and in fact he created everything in the universe mm. he created all the things seen and unseen. He created matter. He created our bodies with our senses. And not only that, but in the incarnation, God himself took on our human, our human flesh. The word became flesh. The word Jesus Christ, second person of the most blessed Trinity had, you know, saw the word world through, through eyes like us. And he had ears to hear, right? He 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 smelled, he tasted, he touched, he felt. 
and that's why the Catholic liturgy is so sensual in that <laughs> word that all our senses are engaged in the worship of God, and that relates to uh the the sacramentality of of our lives as Catholics, but also in the book as well, that that sac sacraments to us and this this uh, sacramental theology of signs of matter that have um, things visible that have an invisible or an unseen effect or reality to it. Um, you see, in a similar way to what Jonas and the rest of his classmates and the children are experiencing in the story, for uh, for them, their big thing is that every year each child kind of graduates or be becomes a different year. So they don't really have individual birthdays, although they do have and they do have individual birthdays, but the big thing that's celebrated is in December in this, this kind of ceremony that involves the entire community where each of the children are called up and are presented with some object to kind of symbolize their, their growth and their progress in life and in their progress as members of the community. For Jonas... His uh, his ceremony is something specific. That's why he is so apprehensive, as he said. So, Myra, can you actually tell us a little bit about the ceremony of 12? Um, sure. I mean, well, it really that's that's really getting into chapter seven. Um, and, and what that is to understand the ceremony of 12. I kind of want to go back to this ages one through 11, okay. just so that you could see the buildup. Uh, like age one ceremony is really when um, this so age one, it's a baby and they are given to a family and the child is given a name. Instead of having a number, the child is now given a name and it's, it's beautiful. They clap the, the families, um, all families have to apply. Each family yes. only gets one male and one female. And um, I believe it doesn't matter which order, uh, but it has to be one male, one female. Yes. And, and that's it. Uh, There's no no yeah. more. You only only get two children. Yes. Now, uh, as they get older, uh, children actually have these jackets that button down in the back. Mm -hmm. And that's so that they can learn interdependence from one another. Yeah, with one I another, thought that's so. By clothing, of all things. By clothing. Yeah, clothing. And then, as uh, I believe around age six or seven, that's when they get a button down in the front mm -hmm. to represent, starting to represent their own independence from one another. So interdependence, you know, you have to have somebody button for you. Yes. Independence, you're starting to button it down yourself. And then uh, there's one ceremony where they take the ribbons in your hair and they start for to girls. cut it. Yes. Yeah, for for. Girls and they for also for boys. They for, actually, for, sorry, they for females. The yes, the for oh, for yes. males. Yeah, they don't use a boy and girl in this. It's male and yeah, female. It's male and they, female. Uh, yeah, they also kind of have their their hair cut as well. But pockets too, right? Oh, yes. There's a one then part where pockets. the the coats get pockets because the the children are are deemed responsible enough to kind of take care of their own small possessions. Yep. They start taking care of that obviously age nine is uh is a big one because they see it as the time you start to actually reversing back to age eight age eight is the time you get to start doing volunteer hours can you imagine i a know that was, I, thought, I thought that was a great idea that they <laughs> are required you really to want do volunteer hours well, really, at oh, age well, eight, eight. volunteering—I'm well, I mean, thinking of my kids. You know, my not my kids, but you know, my my friends' kids who volunteered at age eight. And I mean, what are they going to do? You send them to the hospital to do candy? You know, candy? You could stripers, yes. Or they could play. You know, they could be in charge of the games for younger children you know well maybe it's they have so I, maybe you know they're not they're not you know they're not 
you know, volunteering with engineers or anything. But uh, I thought yeah. that was a great idea that like, kids are required to do certain amount of volunteer hours uh, in, in part so that the elders who are always observing could could see what maybe potential uh, jobs would suit them, kind of what their skills and interests are. And then coming to age nine, which is their big milestone, is getting your own bike. Oh, yeah. And um, it is a bike with training wheels because technically you're not allowed to ride a bike before. Uh, but, you know, having your own bike be that is really, truly gaining independence in that community and really going out. Um, and then I believe 11, I don't remember what 11 was, but 12. Now we're coming into 12. And 12 is the one where you get your assignment. And it's mm -hmm. not even a job. It's called your assignment. Yes. And um, that's what you're going to do for the rest of your, your life. This is how you're going to contribute to their community. And, you know, they even talk about how the elders have thought about it, um, have observed these children and really always think about their community, about where the best fit is for their community. And so um, it, the ceremony starts out with uh, the new 12 year olds being called up this called up to the stage one by one. And the elder, the, the highest of the elders, uh, starts to give kind of a little background about this person um, thinking the the best example that we have is uh, Jonas's best friend Asher mm -hmm. and and how they were cracking up because Asher is kind of if Jonas and Asher were goofus and gallant Asher would probably be more of a go goofus uh, he and in a loving way it's not like he sure. is purpose he is malicious about his mistakes he just um just this kind of klutzy kind of guy and so and he likes to have fun um, oh he does and so that's how he ends up getting the assignment of you know rec assistant recreation director and it, it's that's so cute i think um and then coming up into the ceremony and now we're gonna get right into the edge of this part of the story but uh jonas gets skipped and usually people are called one by one, you know. By their number, because everyone their has number. like an assigned mm -hmm. number to them. But Jonas gets skipped, and you can feel the audience tension starting to go, what's going on? But you can also feel Jonas's tension and I worry could. and anxiety mm -hmm. going, did my community just forget me? Did my... Uh, Elder make a mistake. You know, elders don't make mistakes. No, and everything is deliberate uh, in this community. Everything is deliberate. And so we are at the precipice of what is going to happen to Jonas and his assignment. And um, speaking of leading up to this, you know, it's usually you can guess somebody's assignment because of where they spend their volunteer hours mm -hmm. or what kind of disposition they have. But Jonas never really was fit into one disposition, one volunteer art and never uh, really spent most of his time at one place. That's like right. his friend. He, he deliberately Fiona. tried, you know, a, a variety mm -hmm. of, of volunteer things, which, you know, good for him. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I probably would have done the same thing, you know, thinking about it. But we'll we'll see what that actually leads up to and and what that's about and it's, it's kind of exciting. I wanted I want to turn the page and I want to tell you all what oh, what's the next step. But we'll have to wait for <gasps> that. But I wanted to I wanted to ask you first of in the elder in in mm. what you were saying prior to the the ceremony of twelve begins I believe by saying and. And now this ceremony is to honor your differences. Mm -hmm. And and that's that's a little surprising to me because up until then it's all about sameness. Everyone is wearing the same thing. There is a strict codes of behavior and strict and certain punishments for 
various infractions of those codes of behavior. But in this sameness, you know, I could see, you know, we both went to Catholic school and you currently teach at a, at a Catholic school. I sure do. About, <laughs> about, first of all, let's go with uniforms, with a sameness of appearance. Do you think there is, you know, a good a good benefit of of sameness versus you know individual uh expression or of identity you know it's funny because i i get that question mostly from students <laughs> sometimes from adults actually adults don't question me about the uniform it's mostly from students like why do we have to wear uniforms and um i actually see more pros than cons to uniforms one of them being uh, hello, I don't have to worry about what I'm going to wear for that day. <laughs> sure. I know exactly. White polo, khakis, we're good. You know, it, ha- yes. and it has to be this polo. It has to be this khakis. I had a classmate when I was going to high school. I knew they wore the same polo or the same pair of khakis every day. And I'm just like, didn't I just see that pen marking on your pants the other day? Yeah, dude, it's the same. I, okay. I had, you know, like like that I same thing. The biggest kind of choice was which of the three approved options of pants, either the khaki, the black, or the navy blue that I was going to wo- wear that week. I would wear it for the week. Yep. Um so I actually I didn't mind the uniforms. However, I yeah. will say now as an adult, I cannot wear a white polo. Like that's a thing. <laughs> I, if someone gives it to me, I, you know, I... Do you I, start to freak out? Do no. You, do you make sure it's tucked in every time? No. Oh, oh man. <laughs> tucked in. No. I, I just With the belt? Because it's like, it's like <laughs> I'm back in school. So I can never... I have not worn a white polo. That was... I think now they have more options. Um, they they certainly do. Um, and our, our students have more outerwear options. We didn't have oh, a lot of outerwear options no. when we were in school. Um, but I will say, you know, one of the benefits of having a uniform not only just you know you don't have to it takes the guesswork out of what you're going to wear but it also helps with kind of i i'm gonna say this kind of try to say say this lightly but disparity in in income uh, social 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 and economic status that we have to recognize that some of these families that i i have coming to me um some of them is some of them are are really wealthy um mm-hmm. maybe sure. they would have held high positions in the city or mm-hmm. their parents had had high positions in the city or they have very lucrative jobs which isn't a bad thing yes. but when you're with somebody who is going there on a scholarship uh doesn't necessarily have the newest kicks of the day you know that uniform kind of takes that away takes that all mm-hmm. away mm-hmm. and and helps takes out the focus uh, and of the pressure of having to look yes. a certain way yes. um, and puts it back more on the relationship between your you and your peers and the academics. Mm-hmm. And I will say that as, as somebody who went to both a public and private school, um, it it is a big deal, you know, what brands you wear, what what things you have, you know, it is a big deal. Kids pay attention to those things, you know. Those are symbols of status. Yeah, d- for sure. I think having AirPods is just a symbol of a status because mm-hmm. I, can, I see it all the time. You know, kids who have AirPods and the, you know, and and kids who don't. And there's definitely a different feeling be- between kids, whether or not it's said. Yeah. Okay. Whether or not it's said, and whether they care to admit. Um, but they have a different feeling towards somebody who doesn't necessarily have AirPods. So, and speaking of status, I think it's it's odd that in Jonas's world, there is a kind of status symbols and status matters, right? Um, mm-hmm. Which is interesting because it, it seems so planned and it seems so kind of reinforced that everyone is, you know, is contributing and participating in this community because if you're not. You are, what's the word? Discharged or released. You're released. Released. So I wouldn't, I I, I wouldn't think that people would like look down on other people in this community. 
you know, like, like adults will look down on other adults. But remember when Lily was saying that she kind of hopes to be assigned as a birth mom. Her mom, yes. her and Jonas's mom, who is, is a judge of some sort in the, she's tasked with kind of enforcing the rules, says, no, there's no honor in that. And, and also parents, if, if you're, if the kids continuously break the rules, they're looked down or they feel like they're looked down upon, like they're not doing a good job of raising and teaching their their this child i just i don't know i thought that was interesting that how even in this society that that is so planned and even and, and so concerned about not hurting other people's feelings remember it's better not to you can't talk about your accomplishments because that might be considered boasting um, you can't draw attention to anything that makes one of your classmates different or stand out Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because you don't want to kind of give them the otherness label like they are the other. But even in that society and the author is smart about it, even in that society. Things like pride and status still, uh, you know, still kind of hold some weight. And, And can we talk about one of the other ways that the community or or whatever governing body of the community puts a hold on its members is through these pills. And so when Jonas the started when yes. we, the stirrings, yep. And so yes, go for it. in chapter five they talk about they they share their dreams and Jonas we would have known it as as a sexual dream uh, that Jonas had that started to come around age twelve, you know, not surprised. But uh, what they do to kind of calm that down is they give them this pill. And I, I, I have to imagine this pill has to, like, what, decrease his testosterone or just some, like, decrease this extra? There's some technology involved in that, but everyone drives by, rides bicycles. So it's uh, the, the kind of use of technology in this world is, is kind of... Is purposeful, I mm, feel like. It's utilitarian again. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, just having that, but, but I was more surprised that, okay, they, they dampened his stirrings as a young child, but everybody ages 12 and older still takes the pills every day. And so nobody's allowed to have stirrings. So nobody's allowed to have feelings of what we know as arousal, uh, and nobody's allowed to have any sexual feelings at all. So it's very fascinating it to is. see how much this, how much control this governing body has over all every everybody. But it, it seems like, like you said, it's planned. It's deliberate. It's they wanted it. People want to give up this kind of natural function of their biological and mental development. But it makes sense in this in this world because babies are not created in any type of mutual love or covenant in any type of nuptial or spousal relationship babies are commodities it seems Mm -hmm. like um things to be kind of manufactured although they do it in a they still need you know people to do it biologically although i don't know how they do have a birth mother um but we don't know how the conception takes place yet at least the... do i need to explain the birds and the no. bees for you <laughs> that's a different that's a different podcast uh but yeah the the lack of passion i mean and i'm talking in a kind of maybe in a Thomistic sense of the word passion or passions right mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. things that kind of are um excite and 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 drive us it's everything is kind of toned down, right? So that everything could be chosen deliberately, which, you know, for for us as human beings, as, you know, Catholics striving for holiness, that's the challenge. And that's what, you know, that's the virtue, right? That's here in this year of St. Joseph, 
you know, who was it? Um, Archbishop Sheen, um, in the book, The World's First Love, he talks about how St. Joseph in many older forms of artistic representations is depicted as an old man, an old man to kind of guard Our Lady's purity. However, Archbishop Sheen notes that it would it would be more virtuous if St. Joseph in in his spousal relationship to Our Lady and when he was married in, in their nuptials in their holy nuptials was a young man full of vigor and energy and it would be more virtuous because he chose to to use those passions to use that vigor and energy uh for the glory of god but that's also the hard that's also the hard thing for most of us who who aren't saint joseph um but we <laughs> we implore his aid to to model him um but in in this life in this community that we're discussing with Jonas it's not you know virtue you know they they don't have to be virtuous in that way because it's kind of taken care of chemically right and we mm-hmm. kind of see that, and we see that fix we want for every for everything we want a pill right we want a pill to take to make whatever we're experiencing go away or to make it easier you know, I do that. You know, I have a little headache. You know, I could endure the headache, but no, I'm like, give me, give me some Tylenol right oh, now. But you could also offer it up. I could have. I see that's that's yeah, opportunity see, for that, virtue. That is and the Lenten, Lenten, the Lenten sacrifice right there, right? Try. Oh man. Um, I wanted to. Oh, so anything else with the stirrings before I kind of I have I have one more kind of topic I wanted to. No, 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 go, go ahead, go ahead. The, um, well, first of all, well, my last comment about the stirrings is that I love a coming of age story. I do. I'm a, I'm a sucker for, <laughs> I'm a sucker for a ballad and for a coming of age story. <laughs> and those kind of get me every time. Lion King, love the Lion King. Um, you mean Macbeth? You, see, you <laughs> You see this this transformation, and you see the journey, right? Um, you see this this young boy, although he's not called a boy, this young male becoming a man and finding his own identity, and 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 how he fits in into his family and he, how he fits into this community. But I wanted to talk about you brought up clothing and how clothing in in the and the various changing of age ceremonies that they have in this community is important and holds some significance and that that reminded me of the scapular and how the scapular is clothing and either you mm-hmm, wear mm-hmm. the cloth scapular or you wear the scapular metal but it's meant to one remind us of our baptismal garment that we wore at our baptism, which made us um, members of the body of Christ, of the family of the church. But it also reminds us of something that a mother gives. A mother gives us clothing. And that's why I love I love the kind of tangible, corporeal elements to our faith. And in this society, I kind of I like how they appreciate it. That it's not that they know that signs speak, right? That that even even remember if if a child tragically dies, the whole community mm-hmm. spends a day saying the baby's name over and over. But each time, it kind of gradually softens and softens and softens. You know, for them, it's a way to kind of acknowledge the life of this child in the community. But also, it's a a kind of fading, a transitioning. What are what are your some of your kind of favorite sacramentals that kind of help you get excited about the faith that excite your faith? I mean, my number one sacramental is the rosary. What mm. <laughs> what what can I give to my lady than you know a crown of roses, asking for her intercession? I mean, um. In fact, I know I'm like coming up off of the time where I'm going to do a family rosary, but that's one of my favorite sacramentals. 
And St. Potter Pio called it his weapon. Oh, I yes. love it. His weapon. I, I love that. That and then the image of Our Lady pulling someone out of purgatory using the rosary oh, beads. Oh, yeah. It's like I a mean, chain. It's just a, yes. Yeah, or a ladder it's just sometimes. It's a beautiful yes. thing. Um, but I want to bring... It's a it's a sacramental that we don't think about at, mm. as really a religious sacramental, but it kind of is. But wedding bands, yes, and that yeah, wedding bands being first of all, there's they're usually circles, <laughs> circles. You know, being that unending, undying, not just love one, one another, but this relationship and this covenant that you enter into with a spouse and with each other, you know, and that, if, and it also represents this exchange of persons, you know, that would, that, which is what a covenant is, right? This exchange of persons. So it's kind of one of my other favorite sacramentals, you know, sac- sacramentos. Yes. California, sacramentos, Californians. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's my favorite sacramentals. Look how precision of language is coming here. Um, that, that I have, you know, all right, Myra. So let's talk about our prompts from our first episode. Remember, towards the end of that, we we had talked about, or I had asked, what would you uh, like and dislike about living in this society? Would you like living there? And what do you think is the foundation, the basis, maybe perhaps even the origins of this society? For all our listeners, this would be the part where we would... You know, read your comments and all your responses. I mean, we definitely want to make this experience as engaging and as interactive as possible. So, or if you're reading, or if you're listening to this at a later time, and you still want to just drop us a note, please at our Twitter. And, and you know, for those who who do reply, we we normally would record. Remember this: the these episodes drop every other week. So the weeks that we don't have, you know, a podcast to drop for you to listen to, we'll be recording a new one and we'll also read all your comments and all your responses. So um, give us something to read. So you could go to our social media pages at Urban Picks on Instagram as well as on Twitter. And uh, you could also use the hashtag. So hashtag UP Lenten Book Club. All right. So, Myra, what do you think? Would you would you like to live in this society? Would I like to live here? I mean, coming from the first descriptions, you know, um, and and trying not to spoil the rest of the book, but she, you got certain things going on. It sounds so nice, right? Everything sounds so ordered. Everything has a place, and and knowing that things are. Are, sounds controlled. And as somebody who is very anxious, I'm a very anxious person, and um, that's why you and I connect, because I know that you are an anxious person. Yes, anxiety. Um, but, and and yes, our faith brings us together. Yes, it sure does. Um, but, you know, having that control and having some decisions made already, you know, that sounds kind of nice. And going, okay, I already know what to expect. But yes. um, knowing that life is life is a uh, just moments of uh, you know of unexpected moments um, that kind of makes it then you know you kind of start to wonder you know if if you take away the unexpected what, what kind of life is that so um, I guess uh, I guess I'll make a decision would I like to live there um, knowing what I know about the first. Pretending like I know sure. only the first few chapters, yes. I guess I would say yes. Right? I I, cool. I agree. I totally agree. I like um, not just the the order and the like. You said you know what to expect. Even I I really like the process of how the community, the elders, uh, assign roles to the children that they have them volunteer at at many different places if they want to and they observe them um they take in stock their their interests and their talents um and the qualities they have and then they you there's a ceremony and you receive this role i i would have loved that you know as as a high schooler i totally would 
as a high schooler going to college, knowing your future is already directed. Yeah, and but like, but not just. You don't have to guess. But yeah, and <laughs> but it's not just you know it's not haphazard. Like they're pulling out roles from a hat. It's it's tailor made for you, and sometimes other people have a better insight of what would work best for you. You know. Right. Well, I don't I know. That's, <laughs> that's what I think. Right? It's that, it's that young adult that struggle to find what place do you have in the world. So um, if that struggle were gone, maybe it would just be a lot easier. But I don't know. The struggle is kind of half the fun, don't you think? Uh, Sure. <laughs> I mean, there... <laughs> If you want to, in a kind of romantic, adventure, self-discovery kind of way. But, you know, in terms of self-discovery, I I envy Moses. Like, give me a burning bush to, to tell me what to do. <laughs> Ten commandments. Don't do this. Do this. Love God. Got it. Thank you. You would love this community, wouldn't you? For, you know, for this, for how we're being introduced to it. Sure. Um, I, I, I like the tradition and how the traditions have are universal, like all members of the community. And, you know, if you, like I said, watched um, Fiddler on the Roof, either the, the movie or live. <laughs> Great traditions, right? <laughs> they 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 kind of tell you your place and they and they give you this space, uh, for example, mm-hmm. to. Um, you know, that to go over your day that like they do at the evening meal. I, I like that. And, uh, that, that's like I said before, one of the things of this pandemic is that my, my, my family's traditions have been, uh, either have been done away with or had to be modified, um, reluctantly by me well you we just heard or we just watched in that last uh latest famine feb episode your family tradition of making you eat persimmons still <laughs> yes so if you still going on that's right that's right um if you listen to our our sister podcast in the urban picks family of uh, famine fed myra and myself up here for a, a quick second there to promote our podcast here, but also, you know, is the season of Lent, you know, to mortify, to die to ourselves. They had asked if I would uh, send a clip in of me <laughs> eating something that I really, I really don't like. And for me, that's persimmons. And I eat persimmons one day a year in a made up holiday my family invented. For me to eat persimmons, it's called Try Persimmon Day, of all things, which usually occurs on the first Sunday of October, where my whole family <laughs> watches me eat a persimmon and react to it, thinking that, oh, maybe this year Sean, Sean will like it. Maybe this year something will be different. Uh, no, I, I, <laughs> I still don't. But yes, um, so traditions like that, is, it's important to my family, um, and my, my grandmother... And my cousin passed away uh, earlier in the the spring of last year in in the in the midst of this pandemic, and our our death rituals and our grieving process had to be had to be modified greatly uh, because of what's going on. Um, but yeah, so I, I I really like that, and that they have a sense of that still. We we have traditions here. I mean, not just my family, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. you know, you living in the United States, we still have traditions. Um, but I feel like they're they're slowly going away, and and that's a little sad because it's those traditions in part that kind of gives us our our kind of common identity, you know. And and speaking of which, so the the next part of that prompt was, what do you think is the foundation of the society? How you know, if this obviously, well, not, maybe I shouldn't say obviously, but uh, this seems to be taking place on on planet Earth. You know, although there was that that jet, that kind of jet fighter pilot scene in the beginning. If if this is on Earth, how did we get this way? You know, how did society get this way? Any thoughts? Um, I I just asked there. You know, 
the reason why some people add control or restrictions is because of past experiences. So in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, this community must have gone through something so horrible that they had to really put on these set of rules. Okay, so that's my my little detective hat going on there. So I'm wondering, what is this horrible thing this community went through that they decided it were... And I'm wondering, you know, is this world more a, of a, like, post-apocalyptic, oh my gosh, the end of the world? Kind of like, like, like Hunger Games? Like there was a yeah, big calamity like, or a big Well, actually, I'm thinking war. more like Divergent, where oh, in, yeah. di- in Divergent, right, where it was everything else is dead and we're one community. Um, so wow. it's about survival. Ooh, sorry, spoilers for Divergent if anybody's watched it. I <laughs> haven't <laughs> read it. Sorry. Uh, but... I, I won't go any further, but, you know, just these random communities. It also kind of um, harkens to how when we're in our own bubble, which is kind of funny because we're in the middle of a pandemic, when we're in our own bubble, what happens when you step out of your bubble? And what happens when you step out of your comfort zone? And so looking at this community as maybe they're in their own bubble or maybe they're not. Maybe the rest of the world is is like this community. Who oh, knows? like uh, what was that M. Night? Uh, movie where they kind of lived like they were in, you know what I'm talking about? The village, right? Yeah. Oh, do you remember the, that? The, the village where it was a, a modern day, it, it took place in a modern day, but this group of people who suffered a, a, a trauma, they got together to establish their own commune, but they couldn't leave, like you said, the bubble. And then, you know, and they developed these you know, scare tactics to keep everyone within that bubble. I don't know, but that sounds interesting. It, well, it and is. when I'm done with my Lenten fast from movies and video games and TV, I'm definitely watching that. Yes, or maybe I'll village, do it on a Sunday. The village. It was uh it was interesting. But since it don't don't go into it as when it was first marketed, it was kind of marketed as a a, a horror movie. It but don't like go into movie. it thinking it's a horror. But there are kind of scary-ish okay. moments. But don't think it's a horror movie. And then I okay. think you'll have a better experience than I did. Uh, well, heat up the popcorn. That's the next movie. All right. All right. But I let's see. You know, I think, actually, now that we kind of got into that village, I, I think it is. It, they They do talk about other communities. So I think it's... Maybe a country or a city, a group of people mm-hmm. who have chosen to live in this ordered and structured way. And I think it's about um, building a utopia. So far from being a, a kind of, po- you know, at least from this kind of this early perspective where we are in the book, um, far from being a post-apocalyptic where it's a a response to a major calamity or a tragedy or a war of some sort. I think this is people trying to live their live their sense of an ideal community. Mm. I don't know. We'll see. And yeah, we'll definitely see further as we go along in the book. So hopefully, folks listening in, that you're just going to continue on with us. So it, I promise you, it'll reveal more about this community and all of it. So. I'm excited for you to read it all. Oh, I do. I do like that that they have elders, that they are a society that recognizes the value of the experience and the wisdom that people who have lived a longer life have. And again, that's one of the things that I think is not as valued as much in our kind of American, general American society. Because everything, you know, it's new, everyone's to be cutting edge, and uh, and old people, you know, tend to be, you know, living in the past, or stuck in a certain way of thinking. They're not with it, <laughs> as it were. Yeah, I know, I'm, I'm definitely not one of those you know you i just said with it yes i know aging your i get it yourself um anyway before we before we leave i want to give you the prompt for our next book club meeting so the prompt for the next book club meeting is what 
role would you like to have in the community, right? Um, so we left our character, Jonas, and Asher, and all the rest of the gang, when at their ceremony, where they were to uh, be assigned, they're given their roles in the community, I guess their jobs, you know. Um, so what, what role would you like to have? Please go to our social media pages, uh, comment, use the hashtag UP Lenten Book Club, and we'll read your responses on our next episode. So we, we hope to do that. Well, thank you for joining us on our first meeting, and we look forward to seeing you at the next meeting. And until then, I'm Sean. I'm Myra. And we'll see you on the next page. This podcast is a production of Urban Picks, All Things to All. Theme song and audio production by Ethan Coe. You can find all of our content on our website, www.urbanpicks.com. Please subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you, everybody. We will see you next time.